Taylor Swift is surprising out-of-work fans with huge cash gifts. We'll tell you their stories. Also, Rikers Island is poised to be one of the huge tragedies of this pandemic. We'll explain what's going on there. And finally, Chris Evans stars in a new Apple TV Plus series, and we've got our first look. That's all ahead. This is Relevant Daily. It's Relevant Daily. It's Relevant Daily. Relevant Daily. It's Relevant Daily. Hey everyone, I'm Jesse Carey. Welcome to Relevant Daily, where we bring you what's happening at the intersection of faith and culture. All those stories are coming up, but first, I want to tell you that today's episode of Relevant Daily is brought to you by our church leadership podcast, Called. Each week on Called, we talk to church leaders and pastors and activists, writers and thinkers about the issues that matter most to church leaders, not just about how they can have more of an impact in their community and their congregations, but also the issues that matter to church leaders and pastors personally, like soul care, protecting their mental health and protecting their marriages. We've had guests including John Eldridge, Julia Veach, Rob Hoskins, Christine Kane, Eugene Cho, Rebecca Lyons, N.T. Wright, Darius Daniels, Kim Walker-Smith, John Mark McMillan, and a ton of others. We cover everything from how churches can do worship better to soul care for pastors to how churches can respond to the coronavirus. Even this week, we have uh, leaders like Max Lucado sharing the best leadership advice they've ever received. If you're in church leadership or know someone who is, make sure to check out Called wherever you get your podcast. All right. To tell us about today's stories, it's our senior editor, Tyler Huckabee. Tyler, what's going on, man? Hey, Jesse, how you doing? Happy Thursday, I think. Yeah, I think it's Thursday. It is, It is. you know, the, the self-isolation. It is, you know, causing a lot of people to kind of... Uh, you know, lose track of their day-to-day schedule. But Tyler, it's Thursday, and we want to start off with a good story. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a lot of heaviness out there in the world, and we have some heaviness to talk about today. But let's start with something kind of just encouraging and kind of light. Taylor Swift is giving back to her fans in a big way. Tell us what she's doing, Tyler. Yeah, so uh, the COVID-19 pandemic has, as we all know, sent the economy reeling, and along with it, the job market. Uh, This morning, Thursday, it was announced that 3.3 million Americans filed for unemployment benefits last week. 3.3 million. That shatters the previous record, which was just 685,000 in the U.S. Joblessness also often means a lack of health insurance. It's obviously less than ideal right now during a global health crisis. So it's a frightening time for a lot of people, for all of us. We've all got a role to play right now. For most of us, that looks like staying home and using what resources we have to creatively help those who need us. Uh, But some people have more resources than others, and few have more than Taylor Swift. The global pop star knows that, and that's why she's reportedly been reaching out to fans who've been posting about being out of work and sending them $3,000 cash gifts. Wow, that's that's significant. It's a lot of money, yeah. And and kind of one of the the cool things is that, you know, some of the people that have received this from Taylor Swift have, uh, you know, posted online and kind of shared how impactful it was. Tyler, can you tell a couple of their stories? Yeah. So what we've seen, uh, a few fans have been posting their private messages they got from Taylor. Uh, Most of them are understandably kind of like hyperventilating with, uh, with joy and relief. For example, Swift reached out to a fan who posted about not being able to afford living in New York City. After her work dried up following the outbreak, Swift wrote to her in the DMs, quote, you've always been there for me. 
I want to be there for you right now. Uh, also, a fan named India Rose watched her freelance work disappear and wrote on Tumblr that she didn't know how she was going to afford to make rent. Later that day, Swift herself jumped into Rose's DMs and asked for her PayPal information to send her $3,000. Swift wrote, I'm sorry, things are tough right now. I'd like to gift you $3,000 to help ease that strain. Um, and there's a lot more stories that have been shared. We've posted them over at relevantmagazine.com. And this is just one of the many, many encouraging stories that have sort of come out of all the scary ones we've seen over the past couple of weeks. Celebrities are obviously a little more recession-proof than the rest of us, and the ones who recognize that such privilege comes with a certain amount of responsibility are really worth acknowledging, and we've been trying to do that. We talked about Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively, who donated a million dollars to food banks. Rihanna donated $5 million to relief efforts. Uh, like Taylor Swift, Britney Spears has been reaching out to fans over Instagram to send them money, food, and even diapers. Uh, I saw earlier today that at least 10 Ariana Grande fans have reported that Grande Venmoed them anywhere between $500 and $1,500. So there are a lot of cool stories out there that we've been trying to find. And uh, we are, as they say, we were all in this together. That's right. That is certainly an encouraging story, Tyler. Well, it's time to shift gears a little. We're going to stay on the 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 topic of the COVID-19 pandemic, but this is a, a story that is, is pretty concerning that we want our listeners to know about uh, that really more people need to be aware of. Uh, it, you know, there is a dire issue unfolding in the prison system, uh, in the criminal justice system, particularly on Rikers Island in New York. T mm -hmm. Tyler, tell us what's going on there. So earlier today, New York City-based criminal justice advocacy group Brooklyn Defender Services called on local lawmakers to release the inmates of Rikers Island following reports of a COVID-19 outbreak in the prison where inmates are obviously kept in very close quarters in dangerous conditions. So far, 75 inmates and 45 jails staff members have tested positive for the disease, with many more awaiting test results and with infected persons being detained next to healthy and elderly people, Rikers Island is shaping up to be a potential tragedy in the making. In a written statement, Brooklyn Defender Services sounded the warning that COVID-19 poses not just to inmates, but to staff and the city at large if actions are not taken to protect these inmates. In the statement, they wrote, quote, For weeks, we have joined defenders, advocates, incarcerated people, medical professionals, and elected officials to warn of the the grave risks that an outbreak of COVID-19 in jails and prisons poses to incarcerated people, staff, and all New Yorkers. As the virus spreads like wildfire through Rikers Island, we worry that every hour that passes brings us closer to disaster and death, whether inside the facilities or shortly after release. They went on to say, quote, given the extremely high infection rate in jails to date, we fear that no one in the jails, whether incarcerated people or staff, is safe. Wow. Well, Tyler, what is going on inside of Rikers that makes that place in particular just so dangerous? Well, there's a lot of anecdotal reports that the organization has been sharing that show just why it's particularly dangerous inside of Rikers. Uh, they published accounts it's received of incarcerated people being denied medical service due to shortage of resources, overflowing sewage, which can spread the novel coronavirus, and a lack of soap and other sanitation supplies due to citywide shortages. Now, the lack of resources obviously is a risk to everyone during a pandemic, but incarcerated people are kept in these close quarters, puts them at extremely high risk, which is why this is being seen as a particularly concerning spot for the spread of COVID-19. 
Now, Tyler, I, I think, you know, kind of just playing what I presume would be sort of a devil's advocate opinion is that, you know, releasing inmates would be a threat to the city of New York. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, let's let's look at some of these these cases in particular, because there's a lot of reasons to think that that's probably not going to be the case. Yeah. And this is where it's important to dream a little bigger than the imagination we've been handed, which is that everybody inside a jail cell is a is a murderer just waiting to get out and, and unleash terror on the public. That's just not the case. Uh, there are about 5000 people serving sentences on Rikers Island of those 551 are serving less than a year for a low-level offense, 666 are serving time for a technical parole violation, and 811 are serving time for a crime that probably would have been processed as a misdemeanor except for their status as a parolee. So that's about 2,000 people right there. Uh, Dr. Robert Cohen, who sits on the New York City Board of Correction, told Slate, quote, In New York City, there are a lot of people locked up in small, dirty places who don't have to be. So the notion that they would stay and the people who are responsible for caring for them medically and from a security perspective are going to be exposed to unnecessary, life-threatening risks doesn't make sense. Brooklyn Defender Services and other lawmakers and advocates have called for releasing inmates, and experts agree that many of the inmates could be easily released and should be for the safety and well-being of all involved. Cohen also said, quote, jail is going to put many people at increased risk of getting infected, and the infection is spreading rapidly on Rikers Island. There are going to be a lot of sick people who are going to overwhelm the capacity of the jails to function. And many people will suffer because of that. It puts the people living there at risk. It puts the people who work there at risk. And it's not necessary. So really a, a, a tragedy that is in the making there if we don't take a lot of action really quickly. If this is something that concerns you, we have more information posted over at RelevantMagazine.com. You can obviously get involved and also call your local lawmakers, especially especially if you live in New York City. Uh, then uh, it would be worth getting on the horn and trying to take action there quickly to try to avert this tragedy. Yeah, well, Tyler, people can definitely read more over on the site, and this is a story we'll be following closely. Well, finally, Tyler, let's pivot back to some hopeful news. Mm -hmm. Apple TV Plus... Apple TV Plus. It's, you got those. You can't. You cannot have the plus. You got to have the plus. <laughs> There's a lot of pluses out there. Yeah. Uh, but Apple TV Plus has a new series coming up that might be something to binge while you're in self isolation. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're like, we've got a new series coming up. It stars Chris Evans on a mission to exonerate his young son in the first trailer for the new series Defending Jacob, which is Apple TV Plus's upcoming series based on William Landay's 2012 novel. The series will follow Andy Barber, who's uh, played by Evans, as a district attorney whose 14-year-old son is accused of murdering a classmate. Jaden Martell, you saw him in It Chapter 1, is playing the son, and Downton Abbey's Michelle Dockery is going to play his wife, Lori. You've also got J.K. Simmons in there, Cherry Jones is going to be in this show, so certainly a, uh, a really awesome cast. Evans himself hasn't actually been on TV since 2000 when he was in a show called Opposite Sex. This represents his first real leading role uh, post the MCU, uh, although he's, as we've talked about, rumored to be in talks for a Little Shop of Horrors remake. So if you're a Chris Evans fan, then you know I'm a Chris Evans fan. This is one to be excited about. And the trailer does look really interesting. 
Oh, I think you're forgetting uh, the, I wouldn't say maligned, but uh, critically not less than favored uh, uh, Red Sea Diving Resort, right? <laughs> that, that came out pre-Infinity pre, uh, War, but, uh, oh, okay, but, but okay. yes, it was. Well, that who was am I talking to? You, you would know better than that me. Was, that was yeah, a leading yeah. role, and yes, that movie didn't do very well with critics. Yeah, I, I didn't think it was too bad. But <laughs> Apple TV Plus, uh, you know, th- they're jumping to TV streaming. <laughs> Let's be honest, it hasn't really made a lot of headlines yet. I, do you think, you know, this new series getting an A-lister like Chris Evans, you think it can, you know, boost a little of the people who are actually talking it, and watching Apple TV Plus? It's interesting. It kind of feels like Apple TV Plus's jump into the game maybe just came a little late for them to really be seen as competitive with Netflix or even Disney Plus. But they have done a few series. Uh, I I did enjoy a lot Kamel Nanjiani's anthology of real-life immigrant stories called Little America. That's on Apple TV+. And if you're looking for something new to binge, that's a very easy-to-digest series that I liked a lot. Uh, And I guess we'll see if Defending Jacob will be another jewel in the crown or not. But there is reason to be optimistic. It was written by Mark Bomback. He wrote War for the Planet of the Apes, which was excellent. So there's reason to be excited about that. Uh, the series will run for eight episodes and it debuts April 24. So assuming we're all still in our safe in our homes by then, that's when we'll find out for sure one way or the other. All right. Tyler Huckabee Plus. Thank you, man. <laughs> Thanks, Jesse. All right. You can read more about those stories and everything else we're covering today over at relevantmagazine.com. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. Subscribe to our new, our weekly newsletter and our other podcasts. And don't forget, we're here every weekday bringing you the latest at the intersection of faith and culture. Thanks for listening, everyone. This is Relevant Daily. Relevant Daily.